is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. After 259 days and 27 games, the unbeaten league run has come to a crashing end as the Blues are peeled apart by the Tangerines. Hamilton on the edge of the area. The shot then comes in and it's in. It's a fantastic strike. It's Morgan on his left foot. Just fizzed it into the corner. And Blackpool are in dreamland. Pompey nil, Blackpool four. For the first time since the 11th of March, Pompey suffered defeat in League One on Saturday with Blackpool running riot at Fratton Park. They do say that all good things must come to an end, but I'm not sure many were expecting it to do so in such devastating fashion. We'll be providing reaction to all of the weekend's football and hearing the post-match thoughts of Sean Raggett, who highlights the uphill battle the team had to face on Saturday. Blackpool are a good team, don't get me wrong, so a 2-0 down going out to 10 men, this is an incredibly hard task and yeah, it showed it out there. As well as the Blues defender there, we'll also hear from head coach John Massinio. He's been assessing the match and also explaining why it's important not to dwell on the result for too long. Very, very disappointing, I think, for the run to end like that, but I think one of those things where we look at the merits and the negatives of the game afterwards, dust ourselves off and we've got to go again on Tuesday. So it may have been a thumping loss for the men at the weekend, but the same can't be said for the Portsmouth women, who didn't hold back in their FA Cup second round tie at Ebbsfleet on Sunday. Jones across the face of goal, it's Lumsden, it's seven, Portsmouth with a quarter of an hour to go have put some more gloss on the scoreline. Their head coach Jay Sadler has been discussing that one as well as the kind of tie he'd like for his side in the third round. We want to test ourselves against the best teams. Obviously, you want to go as far as you can in the FA Cup. And the prize money is, is lucrative, to say the least, for the football club. And it, it can make big differences for us moving forward. But we look forward to it now. And we're going in with full of confidence. We also want to hear from you tonight, Pompey fans. 81400 is our text number. Start those messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm over on Twitter. Or head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. It's that time again. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Well, good evening. Welcome along to the Football Hour on this bitter Monday evening, brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South, providing a warm and comfortable solution to your transportation needs across the city of Portsmouth and beyond. Download the app now to pay for your ticket ahead of time and view up-to-date timetable information. We've just heard there the methods to get involved tonight, and between now and 7 o'clock, we want to hear from you, Pompey fans. Where did it all go wrong for the Blues on Saturday? Are you confident that defeat was just a on the road or are alarm bells starting to ring and with Joe Morrell suspended how would you like to see the midfield shape up at Burton 
tomorrow night. On the way between now and seven, me and my two studio guests will be providing all of the reaction to Saturday's 4-0 defeat for Pompey at home to Blackpool, as well as Sunday's 7-0 victory for the Portsmouth women in the FA Cup at Fleet as well. But first, we do take you on a journey back to Saturday afternoon as Pompey's long unbeaten league run came to a disappointing end. And here is how it happened. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Pompey attacking the Milton end. As we look at it, the referee is happy to get us underway and we are underway. Gets it to the bar and crosses right, but it's all the way through. It's touched in and it's in! Pompey say it's off the line, but the linesman's flagged. The goal is given, and it's Owen Dale, the Blackpool number seven at the back post. Got the first kick on the ball, and it's just bounced over the line. Norris almost kept it out, but was just wrong-footed. And it's a happy return to Fratton Park for the former Pompey man. But it's Portsmouth nil, Blackpool one. Kamara through the channel to Josh Martin, he's one on one. Josh Martin onto his left foot, the keeper saved it. It's a fantastic save from Grimshaw. What an introduction that would have been for Josh Martin, one on one. Sparks, he crosses left foot towards Fisher, but the back is nearly put into his own net by Ekpateta. And then volleyed away and behind for a Pompey corner. The sliding challenge had to be made, it looked as if Bishop might have just been sneaking in behind Ekpateta. He got the touch and Grimshaw went scarfing across his goal line and tipped the ball from going in. And then the referee puts the whistle to his lips and signals the end of the first 45 minutes. Owen Dale has stolen the headlines of that first 45. Blackpool attacking with Hamilton. Dembele on the edge of the area. Shoots left foot towards the far corner and it goes in. Karamoko Dembele. Will Norris wants something. He's no, running over to the yeah, linesman. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what it was. I think it was Rose that ran right in front of the goalkeeper when the shot came in and the keeper was saying he was unsighted. The goal looks like it's going to stand though. Norris is booked. The Blackpool fans celebrate with the players in front of them over in the far side. Karamoko Dembele. It is with his third goal of the season. A brilliant finish on his left foot. Just whipped it past the defender into the far corner. Norris was unmoved. It's Pompey nil, Blackpool two. Wide it goes to Kamara. What can he do on the left-hand side against Hamilton? Into the box he goes. Still going, Kamara still going. What's the penalty that's not going to come? Kamara with a little bit of wow. skill. And the referee's not giving it. It certainly looked like a penalty from here. Oh, Morrell. Morrell with a sliding challenge. He's already been booked. It's a red card for Joe Morrell. He picks up a second yellow. Sliding in on Karamoko Dembele. And the afternoon has just got significantly worse for Portsmouth. Wide to Hamilton on the right-hand side. He's going to attack Sparks this time. Drops the shoulder one way, then goes the other. Shoots goalwards and finds the corner. Blackpool are running away with this one now. CJ Hamilton knee slides in front of the Blackpool supporters who are going absolutely wild. It took a slight deflection and flew into the far corner. Will Norris well beaten. And Blackpool are going to continue that fine run at Fratton Park. They're three to the good now. And surely there's no way back for John Messino and Portsmouth at this stage. Pompey nil, Blackpool three. Blackpool still in possession. Hamilton on the edge of the area. The shot then comes in and it's in. It's a fantastic strike. It's Morgan on his left foot. Just fizzed it into the corner. Blackpool have four. And Pompey have no answers. 
It's another wonderful strike from the edge of the box. Blackpool just setting up each other for the shot. And Morgan laced it hard and low right into the bottom corner. And Blackpool are in dreamland. Pompey nil, Blackpool four. The referee checks his watch, puts the whistle to his lips and blows the full-time whistle. It's all over. It's been an afternoon to forget, quite frankly, for Pompey. Very well beaten here on home soil. The unbeaten run comes to an end. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Probably shouldn't put such an upbeat tune behind that one. Pompey 4-0 losers on Saturday afternoon to Blackpool at Fratton Park. And it seems so weird to be able to say that Pompey have lost a league match after 27 games without defeat in League One. Stretching back all the way to last season when the Blues were defeated at home to Sheffield Wednesday uh, on the 11th of March. That one by a scoreline of one goal to nil. Pompey had not lost a league game since then, but it's finally come to an end on Saturday. And as we said earlier, all good things must come to an end. Looking at some other results in League One. Um, it went from bad to worse, really, didn't it? Bolton Wanderers 7, Exeter City 0, Carlisle 1, Charlton 1, Cheltenham Town 2, Oxford United 0, Derby County 2, Bristol Rovers 1, Fleetwood 0, Stevenage 3, Leighton Orient 1, Wigan 1, Lincoln City 2, Barnsley 2, Northampton 2, Cambridge United 1, Peterborough 4, Burton Albion 0, Shrewsbury 2, Port Vale 1 and Wickham Wanderers 0, Reading 2. So I hear you ask, how does that leave the League 1 standings? Well, after Pompey's first defeat in eight and a half months, um, they dropped down to second, just like that. Uh, two points behind now, the leaders Bolton Wanderers on 38 points. They've won each of their last six games in League One. Pompey, of course, undefeated in their previous 27, but have only secured three wins from their last six. Bolton, with that 7-0 win on Saturday, now have a goal difference of plus 19. Pompey, with that 4-0 defeat, plus 11. So not only were the Blues top on points, they were um, at a bit of a better goal difference as well. That's all been thrown in the bin. Oxford United third, Stevenage fourth, Peterborough fifth and Derby County in sixth, making up the playoff positions. Blackpool, who of course beat Pompey on Saturday, just outside the top six on goal difference, also on 30 points. Down at the bottom, Reading at rock bottom still despite victory on 10 points. Cheltenham, Carlisle and Fleetwood make up the relegation places. And later on, we'll be discussing tomorrow's trip to Burton Albion. They are 17th in the League One standings. So, on the show to join, uh, to, to go through all of the events from Saturday, um, I can promise you that this wasn't planned, Tom. <laughs> oh, it's been a while since we've had that on. It has. And it has. I always like it when you do that. Probably shouldn't. No. It, 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 <clears throat> it had 4-0 written over it. Nil four in all over. Yeah, it. not in the uh, not in the way we would have liked to. And by the way, if there are any cynical people out there, you were not booked to come on this show until Sunday. No, I was not. So we haven't no. preempted this. But you did say at the start of the season, any four nils will always have you on. Yeah. So you didn't say wins or losses. Which, no. So <laughs> here exactly. we are. Exactly. And if those lot down the road lose four nil, we'll get you on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good to have you on the show, Tom. Lovely to be here. Wish Thank it was in better me. circumstances. Uh, and alongside us as well, also from the uh, Fauna Ritlon over at Channel, Rhys Hawkins. Yeah, lovely to be here. I can't quite do the dance here, though, because nobody can actually see it, so no. it's pointless. There's so. nothing to dance about, right? Yeah, there's no backing track for me for, for this. <laughs> we can get you a backing track. I'll just dance to it. How does it sound? <laughs> That's the Fauna dance for anybody listening. There you go. <laughs> Radius, all it takes. Um, right. <sighs> 
Enough of that. <laughs> yeah. Enough fun. Four 0 defeat on Saturday, Reese. Were many of us expecting maybe not a defeat, but by that margin? No, I think it would be very, very wise to consider the performance and the result to go off off track to what we've previously seen all season because the defeat to Chesterfield, etc., and the cup defeat against Peterborough, they've all been close games, really. Um, I wasn't expecting a 4-0 defeat because, at the end of the day, Blackpool are just outside the playoffs, and although I believe they are going to finish in the top six, at least you would expect being on home soil at Fratton Park, the way we've gone this season, and as we've already mentioned, 27 games unbeaten, you don't expect it at all. In some respect, Tom, kind of glad the unbeaten runs over because every week I was starting to lose count. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's that, and there's also, yeah, we were walking out and kind of, I feel like it would have been part of the conversation of every Pompey fan walking out of Fratton Park that a bit of a monkey off the back, perhaps, a bit of a sort of, you know, you, you can sit back now and go, actually, let's start another run. You know, we just, that, I suppose that's the, maybe the positive spin, and, and, and it deserves to be spoken about in the most serious way because. You know, you don't lose 4-0 at Fratton Park in a league season where you are all hoping to be promoted. Like, that can't be accepted. And I know the boys will be hurting at the minute. And I heard John Massino talking in his press radio on today and he was saying, look, it's we've come back in, we haven't prepared for Burton any differently, but the mood around the camp is just that little bit noticeably sour than it would normally be. Yeah. We were so buoyant after 27 games, we all knew it was coming to an end at some point. It just had to be in pure Pompey fashion <laughs> that it would be a, a sad nil 4 written all over it. In some respect, though, Reese, we knew this run had to come to an end, and we knew that when it did, it was going to be disappointing. It was going to be um, a, a sucker punch for all of us. Um, but in, in some regard, does a 4 nil defeat, does such a hammering maybe take some of that um, maybe upset that you would be feeling after such an incredible run out of it? If it was just 1-0 or 2-1 or a last-minute goal, I think that would hurt more. I also believe it's probably to do with the fact that if you really consider the season so far and the unbeaten run that's been happening, there's been one or two games that we've been quite dominant and from start to finish a 90-minute performance, such as Leighton or in a way when we won 4-0, uh, Peterborough at home 3-1, and also, like um, I spoke with Tom before, the, the Barnsley performance in the first half, you know, to go 3-0 up. I think going into this game, if we had lost 4-0 and we had been blowing teams away in the previous couple of weeks, yeah. I think a lot more fans would just f see it as a small blip in terms of not actually looking at the scoreline, but looking at the overall result. Unfortunately, although you mentioned about how good we've been, 27-game beaten run, I do believe it has been a matter of time before a team like Blackpool that's been uh, resurgent, been really good lately, were always going to blow us away. You've got teams like Bolton to come up against us soon as well. And obviously we'll discuss uh, Burton coming up, but it's a way to, to bounce back. Yeah. Do you think in some way as well, Tom, um, as Reese sort of alluded to there, the last couple of weeks, although Pompey remained unbeaten until Saturday, performances haven't been at the top of the game as we had done at the start of the season. Do you think that maybe a defeat like 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 what we saw on Saturday is has maybe been or, or will be a blessing in disguise in respect to the fact that it will maybe give a side of a, a bit of a kick up mm. the backside and push them on to actually get those performances back? Massively, you could argue there's an element of complacency in there with, yeah. from a Pompey point of view that we were starting to maybe, I don't know, you, you, you kind of, you go for so long without something and then when actually something like it did happen on Saturday, then a bit of a reality check. It, it's the, you know, from a fan's point of view, it's that horrible feeling that you get leaving Fratton Park. For the players, it will be that dreadful feeling heading into the dressing room. Oh, crikey, we haven't had one of these in quite a while, have we? I think you you write about the, the last couple of weeks 
I think there's massive, massive correlation between Regan Paul being out the side and Pompey's performances. I thought the press was all wrong yesterday. I thought our speed of our counter-attacks wasn't there. And I think in large part that's down to Paul's absence. I know it's the the minor little details, but and you were reading out the table. Look, Pompey have gone so long without losing a League One game. And then at the first chance... Bolton have pounced on us and, and there's a complete 11 goal swing that you were mentioning at the top of the show so League One is completely ruthless there is absolutely nothing you know that you can take for granted and, and that's the comp- complacency that you're talking about is you have to be on your metal all the time we cannot start as slow as we did mm-hmm. on Saturday Messino came out and said that but we knew that going into it yeah. so that's the disappointing thing for me you've also got to give credit to Blackpool although of we discuss we about to, yeah. obviously these issues and you can always look at what performance wise your own team's going out of but at the end of the day Blackpool were second in the form guide for home performances and it was only going to take a matter of time for that to relay onto their away performances and the table right now I don't think will be as it is come the end of the season in regards to Blackpool finishing position Mm -hmm. we know they're going to be a fantastic team this year and it was only a matter of time that they obviously started to perform and get a consistent run going and the question we asked on Friday night show, given the fact that Blackpool last week had played uh, and beat Shrewsbury 4-0 at Bloomfield Road, they hadn't um, suffered due to, due to the international break. Pompey had had a fortnight off. The question was, who will be more up for the game, the side that have had more rest or the side that have gone into the match with that bit of sharpness about them? The answer, of course, being Blackpool. Let's get some more reaction to that defeat on Saturday now then with Sean Raggett, who spoke after the full-time whistle to Max Watson. Rags, a disappointing afternoon here as our unbeaten run comes to an end. What do you put it down to? Um, yeah, you know, like I said, disappointing afternoon. Um, it's a game of fine margins, uh, really. You know, um, we go 1-0 down. I think we had a poor start to the game. But then that goal seemed to sort of kick us into life a bit, and I thought for the rest of the first half we actually played played OK. Um, and then going into the second half, I mean, we look at the second goal, I think he's offside. Um, I haven't seen it back, but that's what I thought. Thought at the time, it's hit, hit, hit whoever it was, and it's, it's offside. And then we make it tough for ourselves. And then obviously going down to ten men, we we make it even tougher for ourselves. And Blackpool are a good team. Don't get me wrong. So a two 0 down, going down to ten men, it's it's an incredibly hard task. And and yeah, it showed it out there. As you said, there were things to build on after their first goal. How did the gaffer sort of want you to to build on it? And what did he say at half time? Um, yeah, he, he said pretty much that. He said, you know, it was a bad start, bad opening, sort of five, ten minutes. And but then he thought we played quite well after that, and just probably needed to show a little bit more quality when we got into the attacking areas, um, because I think we got into some, some good areas in that first half, and and just didn't quite capitalise. Um, so it was more just sort of carry that on and, and try and get a little bit more quality. You said about the attacking quality in the final third there. Do you think there was anything else we could have improved on in the 90 minutes? Oh, there's, there's, there's loads of stuff we could improve on, you know, defensively. Um, you know, the, the first goal especially, I think we'll look back at that as a, as a unit and be be frustrated by that. Um, so, you know, there's, there's definitely areas all over the pitch we could have improved today. How much is this result about the response now? Yeah, you know, I think I said it, I think it was Port Vale, the game I played, um, where I said if and when we lose this year, that's where we're going to need to show a reaction because in previous years it's sort of undone us a little bit. We've we've had good runs and and then we we sort of lose the game and then can't quite respond to that. So I think it's important now we go. We're, we're happy there's a game Tuesday and it's not not Saturday because um, we can quickly turn this around. You hit the nail on the head there. You you've been here for years. You've been part of teams that have you know been part of dressing rooms that have suffered defeats like this. So what do you as players need to show when you come back into the training ground on Monday morning? 
you know, just we'll obviously watch the game and, and we'll see what we can what we can do better. But we're not going to get too down about it. You know, I think the boys this year have been been, been top quality really uh, overall. So we know there's a lot of quality in that dressing room, and we won't be, be too down about the result today. Um, and we move on to Tuesday. What was the gaffer's message at the end, and what was I'm, I'm guessing quite a sort of down dressing room? Yeah, you know the boy, boys are gutted in there, and he said pretty much what I just said now is about about the reaction Tuesday. Uh, we're gonna gonna go away to Burton and then put it right now. Blues defender Sean Raggett there speaking after the four 0 defeat to Blackpool at Fratton Park. Uh, Tom, what did you make of his performance on Saturday? Some pretty big boots to fill with uh, Regan Paul being out for the season. Yeah, I was I wasn't particularly happy with the way we deployed ourselves in terms of Raggett's situation because. He has his absolute qualities. He's probably the best aerial defender at this level, and I don't think many can argue about that. My one thing with the Raggett inclusion and obviously Paul's absence is I feel like we employed the same game plan as we would if Regan Paul was there. Now, you, you can't demand that of Sean Raggett because that's not where his qualities lie. Having said that, most of the Blackpool goals are from outside the box. I don't think there was anything overtly, horrendously bad that Raggett mm. did. I, obviously, we we spoke about earlier of, of the missing Regan Paul, but I still think Raggett is a more than suitable replacement and I'm, I'm sure we'll be absolutely fine in the coming weeks and get ourselves to January and reassess on the defender situation. Lovely stuff, Tom. Thank you very much. Reese Swell, hold tight. We've heard so far tonight from defender there, Sean Raggett, as well as our two guests, Tom and Reese. But after the break, we'll be catching up with Pompey boss John Massinio, who's looking to quickly put Saturday's disappointment behind him. One thing that we want to do is not be reactive, which is really, really important. So we don't want to you know, come in after him and start thinking about an overreaction because we've done a lot of good things this season. And, uh, you know, we just want to keep going on the sort of on the same uh, path that we've been travelling on already. And, um, and I think if we do that, and if we do more of the positive things than the negative that we've been doing over the past few weeks, then we'll be absolutely fine. Hear what he had to say after Saturday's first league defeat of the season when the Football Hour returns here on Express FM in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour. On Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Hello there, welcome back to Express FM where you're listening now to the Football Hour with you until 7pm which is when Jeff Dorsett takes control of the desk with the Soft Rock Show. This season, mate, the Football Hour is brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South providing reliable and affordable services across a whole host of routes in and around Portsmouth. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com um, Let's dive into the moments of the match from Saturday then, Rhys. Um, starting, of course, with the first goal. It took took just nine minutes for, for Blackpool to take the lead and it just had to be, didn't it? It yeah. just had to be. <laughs> Owen Dale. The I've got a lot of time for Owen Dale. He's hmm. been through a lot lately. We know that and we yeah. send him our best. Last season, he was one of those players, and a lot of them did, to be fair. He was one of those players who gave it his all. He would not stop running, mm-hmm. but there was a bit of an issue in terms of the end product. 
Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And I think going into this game as well, it was uh, a case of we'd all joke around with each other saying, oh, Owen Day will get one against us and, and things, he, but he actually did. He actually did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you compare it, that shot that he had that went in for Blackpool this season, that would have gone over the bar or down to the corner flag for yeah, us last season. Comment. That is the comparison. He's playing with confidence. Um, but, yeah, I think the first goal came undone on the wide because Sparks were too far in. He, he had a few moments before that as well where CJ Hamilton pulled out and Sparks didn't know where he was positioned mm. at all um, this was unfortunately something that happened throughout the game even after the third goal which obviously we'll go into anyway um, but CJ Hamilton just caused havoc on that side all game and I think he beat his man too easily i.e. Sparks and Dale was just there to manage to, to poke it in because he was you know he was in a good position to finish it mm. Will Norris and goal of course almost clawed it out but was unable to just cross the line um, I think that was clear as day that went over the line um, we won't d dive too much into the goal itself Tom because it's the second goal what Chano is going to cause a lot of conversation mm. on the show tonight and, and probably <laughs> quite rightfully so and we don't have much time left um, flies by doesn't it it does fly by when you're having fun when you're having fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> what fun you having talking about a 4 0 defeat? But speaking of Owen Dale, um, you know, Reese mentioned him there and, and sort of summarised how sort of he played at Pompey last season and, and how the goal came about on Saturday. It's poor defending from Pompey, too much spice, space on that right hand side, too much spice as well uh, from the Blackpool wingers. Um, but it just goes to show that with some players, Owen Dale clearly has quality. We knew that when he signed for Pompey. It didn't work out for him. Some players, it just takes certain clubs to go to and it clicks. Yeah, I, I actually really liked Owen Dale at Pompey and I know he was extremely frustrating to watch at times um, and he probably started the season like he's playing a full season for Blackpool now. Um, it's it's one of those things, Reese has already mentioned it, you kind of former players coming back to Pompey and haunting us and it always seems to happen, doesn't it? I'm sure it's not going to be the first time this season that a former Pompey player scores against us in League One. Um, so And it's certainly not the not the first time either. So, uh, yeah, I, I think actually... Uh, I'd be more giving the plaudits to the uh, the chap on the other side, CJ Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Reese is talking about it there. He was absolutely mm -hmm. Taurus a new one. I was so impressed with him. Um, and you know, I had a look after the game. He's 28. Mm -hmm. was, yeah, I know. It was so Didn't much pace. He he, lit, he sent Jack Sparks all over the place. I was um, yeah, I was quite surprised by that. But yeah, but Blackpool littered with Championship quality. Neil Critchley won the playoffs with them a couple of years ago. He knows exactly what he's doing. They're an excellent side, and they were fully deserving of the three points on Saturday. 56 minutes in and up until this point Reese, the game was 1-0 went into the half-time break with just that one goal deficit and in that first half Pompey actually had plenty of chances to, to equalise maybe to even take the lead themselves and some decent chances as well just couldn't put the ball into the back of the net 10 shots Pompey had at the half-time break compared to Blackpool's 5 wasteful in the end but 56 minutes in Blackpool doubled their leads mm. um, Karamoko Dembele by the way phenomenal player um, he took the shot from outside the box Jake Beasley got the final touch and it deceived Will Norris went into the back of the net before we go into it let's get the elephant out of the room he at the time looked to be in an offside position we spoke about it on Pompey Live after the game I had a rant an impassioned an impassioned rant a fair rant as well mm. may I add um, about the communication between the officials, the referee and the linesman, because he looked miles offside. And even the, re the replay we got on our follow looked miles offside. There is a particular screenshot and a particular replay from a, a better angle, which shows Jake Beasley being played onside by Connor Shocknessy. So fair enough, the goal stands. 
can't take that away from him now. It's two 0 It's a fair goal. My issue with that, Reese, was the manner of which it happened. It looked offside. The, the Pompey players thought mm. it was. It was that tight. They had protested to be the, the linesman, and there was no real communication between the referee and the linesman to actually discuss it any further. Yeah, and, and, and the linesman even told John Massini after the game that he thought it was offside. Mm. Now we mm. know it wasn't, but if a linesman thought it was offside, exactly, why didn't he give it, even though it wasn't? But. Yeah, I think <laughs> where I was sat in the fratten end, just behind the goal, you could see it go straight in, and the first thing we saw was not even the Blackpool uh, players going over to celebrate or anything. We just see Norris just sprint to the linesman. And in this position, you naturally feel that the referee is either going to come over and tell Norris, obviously, to go away, which he did, unfortunately, <laughs> um, but you would actually expect him to go and actually discuss it with the linesman, yeah. to go over and say, what did you see? Okay, this is what I saw. Come to a conclusion, move on. But unfortunately, we didn't even get that. No. which is obviously what the rest of the team got very, very frustrated about, like Morel and that. Um, but yeah, like you say, on replay, you can see Shocknessy's keeping Beasley on side yeah. for when the ball's been hit towards him. Um, yeah, at, at this stage, obviously 2-0. Was this just after when Kamara went down? Before. It was eight minutes before. So this is the, the, the real turning point. This is why it's caused exactly. an issue. Because, again... He's on side, so it's, it seems very difficult to sit here and say that it's an unjust decision because ultimately it wasn't. But Tom, like Reese has mentioned there, with with the speed that the shot was hit, it did look like Jake Beasley was offside. The linesman told John Massino that he thought it was offside, so why was there not a conversation between the linesman and the referee? Surely the referee saw that it got the touch off Beasley. The linesman didn't think it took the touch. Them two accumulatively having that conversation, you lead to an offside decision. There's a real concern there because in law, what the linesman said is completely against the grain, right? The lino mm. said he thought it was offside, but he didn't think Beasley was impacting play. Yeah. But it comes off him and goes into <laughs> yeah. the back of the net. Yeah. So he clearly does impact the play. So I think that's just, you know... The, it, Which it, then feeds into the referee's position, yes. seeing that it actually hit Beasley. Pull it this way. If it was in the Premier League and John Messina came out in a press conference on Sky Sports and went, oh, the lino told me it was offside, but he didn't think he was appealing, that lino wouldn't do another game in the Premier League for the whole season. Because that's an absolute clangor. If it happens in EFL, they get promoted. To well, this this is the problem. Anyway, <laughs> but besides from from the referee thing, although I, it's important to talk about the Kamara on because that is probably <laughs> the most stonewall penalty I've yeah. seen not given yeah. in a very very long just time. Just behind it as well, down the front. Of so it was literally like, wow, how um, was that not given? I'm just going to put it out there for the third time in the last three or four minutes. The second goal was onside. We are not debating that. No, we no. are not. No. pointing that as the, the definitive reason why Pompey lost on Saturday. But we are frustrated with the lack of communication between the officials. Moving on, yes, eight minutes later, Abu Kamara's brought down in the penalty box. Probably go to this, you or Miss mm. One, Reese, as you were closest to yeah. it. Um, clear contact. He's very, gone down. It's very a, clear it's, it's penalty. That's even taken our blue tinted glasses off. Kamara goes down. Um, the referee doesn't give it. And the Fratton Park crowd is just completely incensed by that. Yeah, and I think which then obviously later resulted in maybe a heat at the moment for Morel, which we yep. will discuss, of course. But it does count towards his emotions on the pitch at this point. Um, but yeah, Kamara done very, very well in the box. Bit of skill, get past the defender. He's clearly taken the ball away from the defender and he's been caught with a trading leg. And unfortunately, where I was actually sat, 
yes, Pompey fans do overreact quite a lot in terms of wanting stuff to go their way. Do of I? course we do. Yeah, yeah, I know it's quite funny to think, but half the time the decisions given against us are probably fair in terms of where I can see in, in previous games. But this one, even I got out of my seat and that has taken a lot for me to get out of my seat <laughs> unless I need a wee. Um, so it's clearly saying something about the uh, decision that I felt that wasn't given. But yeah, it had a huge impact on the rest of the game, I believe. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Joe Morrell. I don't know how to follow that. No, I don't know how to follow that either. Um, Joe Morrell sent off moments after that one. Yeah. Second bookable offence, second yellow card in the space of 12 minutes. Um, the, the first of which, well, even both of them, as, as Reese alluded to, probably reactionary and adding that frustration into his mind given the, the decisions or the non-decisions that had gone or, or gone against Pompey in that match. Um Yes, it's frustrating, and yes, you can understand maybe why he is frustrated and why he's got that fire in him to, to lunge in. The second yellow is, is a yellow, but there's no debate in that. Joe Morrell, great player. Mm-hmm. We spoke about it towards the start of the season, his first suspension of a season. Four suspensions, I believe, 2023. Is he becoming a little bit of a liability despite his qualities? It's a big question. Because I'm not going to sit here and say Joe Morrell's a bad player because he is not. And he has stepped up to the plate in recent weeks with Marlon Pacquiao injured. There is no denying that. But he's got a disciplinary issue. It's bizarre because he's never seemed to have a problem in his entire career until he arrived at Pompey and all of a sudden <laughs> he's getting yellows and reds left, right and centre. I, I love Joe Morrell a bit and I've I've always loved him and I, I think he's especially stepping up to the plate with the captaincy but you said it there Jake he's the captain there has to be an element and when he went off that, that was the moment and maybe some Pompey fans who were slightly less positive than I would be would have gone a little bit earlier on this but mm. that was the moment I knew we were getting absolutely nothing from that game was when Joe Morrell was sent off I just thought you know what that's you know that's it that's the game thrown and I believe it was 2-0 at that point it was 2-0 yeah, yeah. so you know the, the penalty goes away Colby Bishop is the most bankable League 1 penalty taker and for legal reasons I said bankable then um, in the whole division and he would have put that away. I'm, I'm in absolutely no doubt about that. Then you two one, wins in your sails, shooting towards the front end. But, but no, we're two 0 when Joe Morrell's off the pitch. Um, it, it's a worry for me. John Messina came out and said, look, he can take the, the yellows for pulling a player back. The, the, the so-called professional fouls in football, where you you need to take a yellow. Messina can almost get on board with that, and so can I. But you can't put up with a petulance, unfortunately. Um, and that's that's a real worry. The, the other thing I would say, Jake, as well, is a, a little bit of ad, an admin point. He shouldn't have been playing that game because he should have got a yellow against Charlton when he dragged whoever it was back and Sam Allison completely missed it. <laughs> that would have been his fifth and that would have been a suspension. So he wouldn't have even been on the pitch. Yeah. So yeah. that, I suppose, maybe underlines the whole point about, uh, yeah, something needing to be done about that disciplinary record because that left everyone on the... That left no leaders out there. Yes, Sean Raggett's on the pitch, but think about the other senior pros. Joe Rafferty's out there, etc., from that leadership group that they talk about but and then Marlon came on of course and that gives you a little bit of a head and shoulders but for that brief moment where we completely fell under there wasn't a real galvanising figure and you couldn't see any communication Joe Morrell would be the, the complete root of that and he wasn't on the pitch and I don't think he's got anyone else to blame him for and it. for the last couple of weeks actually I've given a lot of credit to Morrell with his he's been so um, discipline he's if been you think so about good. it you know, mm-hmm. compared to what Pompey fans have always said we've always had the same opinion that he's a fantastic player one of the best in the club but his discipline's been letting him down and the rest of the team and the club as a whole down. And I think these last couple of weeks, once he's had the captain's armband, 
he's been phenomenal in terms of keeping his discipline. Even those, you know, um, counter-attacks and all that from away teams, we've seen him pull out of tackles. Mm. And we thought, right, this is what we need from him. And unfortunately, it's obviously all backtracked now to the Blackpool game. Fortunately for Pompey, Marlon Pack is back. Um, the third and fourth goals went in on the 74th and 87th minute, respectively. Uh, CJ Hamilton with a third wicked deflection um, past Will Norris, another one. Um, that came off a Pompey defender. And then the fourth one is actually a really nice finish into the bottom corner from outside the box again. Albie Morgan. Um, and to be fair to, to Blackpool, it was a good performance from them. Great finish to round it off. Uh, a, a massive victory to beat the league leaders, the unbeaten league leaders, away from home by four goals to nil. Um, that there clearly is something about Neil Critchley's side and the celebrations towards the end uh, we, we may, may have been a few knocks on social media sarcastically or a bit of banter towards the Blackpool fans only being 600 or so of them but those were some limbs <laughs> those were some limbs mm. um, right let's get some more reaction to Saturday's game then I'm going to hear from the gaffer now Rob Seals was with John Massinio shortly after the final whistle on Saturday and was able to capture the feelings of a head coach following his side's 4-0 defeat to Blackpool you know everything that could have gone against us went against us uh, in the second half, I think, and and obviously we ended up on the wrong end of a four 0 and uh, yeah, very very disappointing, I think, for the for the run to end like that. But I think one of those things where you know we, we look at the the merits and the negatives of the game afterwards, dust ourselves off, and we've got to go again on Tuesday. How are you going to make sure that results like that don't happen again this season? Well. I think that one thing that we, we want to do is not be reactive. Um, it's really, really important. So we don't want to you know, come in after him and go, well, you start thinking about um, you know, uh, an overreaction because we've done a lot of good things this season. And, uh, you know, we just want to keep going on the, uh, sort of on the same uh, path that we've been travelling on already. And, um, and I think if we do that and if we do more of the positive things than the negative that we've been doing over the past few weeks, then we'll be absolutely fine. What do you think of that Abu Kamara penalty claim? Because I think that could have been quite a significant turning point. And obviously the, the result didn't go in Pompey's way, um, gave a little bit of an edge and then it could have directly resulted in Joe Moreau's red card with potentially that bit of more force going into the tackle. What did you make of that moment? It was just a more penalty and I haven't got a clue why he's given it. Um, it. I thought it was an awful decision. And then Josh Martin, just looking elsewhere at the game, made his debut, first Pompey appearance. You uh, took him off quite early in the second half. What did you make of his display today? Yeah, we were always going to take him off quite early because of Josh's lack of match fitness, but I thought he showed some really good glimpses today. He had that really good chance in the first half that he obviously uh, didn't convert, but uh, you know, overall for his first start in, in quite a few months, I thought it, you know, he, he showed some um, real glimpses of promise. And, and I think obviously going into the second half, uh, legs tired, he just hasn't had any match fitness, fitness at all, so no problem with that. Um, and yeah, really positive on Josh. And then elsewhere, Marlon Pack, good to have him back in the team and bringing on some minutes. Um, in the second half, how important is it going to be to have a leader like that come back into your team? Yeah, that's what we thought was the most important thing at that stage is, is getting minutes uh, in, in the tank for Marlon. And, um, you know, as the game was drifting away, we thought, first of all, get some experience on the pitch to make sure we uh, go a bit more solid. And, you know, it's really important, especially with Joe Morrell suspended now, that, that Marlon gets back in the fold and, and he's right back at it. And then it's a quick turnaround. Burton again on Tuesday. How are you going to respond? How are you going to get the team to bounce back? I don't think it's going to be particularly difficult for me to, ha to have to do that. I want them to be disappointed tonight and then they've got to come back in with a lot of positive energy on Monday morning and, and go again. And uh, That's the most important thing for us. We've, we've lost the game, fine, um, we move on. It, it feels a bit different because of the um, amount of games that we've, we've lost here. We've, we've hardly lost any. Uh, so, yeah, it obviously feels slightly different to, than it has been for the past um, you know, four or five months. But, yeah, we just dust ourselves off and, and go again. 
John Massino there speaking to Rob Seals after the game on Saturday afternoon. That's it for our wrap-off of the uh, of the Blackpool match, Tom. But one final word for Pompey fans at the end of the game, those that stayed um, singing their hearts out for the final, what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. 4-0 down, who... Yeah, you finished the gives song. A monkey. Yeah. yeah, who gives a fly monkey for yeah, Super Pompey exactly. and we're going up? Exactly. That was the brightest shining light of the afternoon. That was the galvanising moment where, and I think we have it quite a lot, don't we? we you know, we, we sing, don't worry about a thing when we've been terrible in League Two. I remember those days. Um, but yeah, that galvanised, that shows what this fan base is all about. That shows that the majority of people, and I think probably all, if they speak from their hearts, are behind this group. And we, we know that we can be better than, we know we've been, we have been far better than that and we can move on we can fight on and it starts on tuesday tomorrow tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow <laughs> indeed right it's time now for one final break but when we return attention turns to tomorrow's <laughs> meeting with Burton albion at the pirelli stadium the three of us here will be previewing that one and we also hear from kirsty roxanne who takes a closer look into the opposition the final thoughts of tom and reese to come the conclusion of the football is coming up next this is the football hour on express fm the world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach across the South. So far this evening, we've spoken in great detail about Pompey's 4-0 defeat at home to Blackpool on Saturday. And in just a few moments' time, we're going to come on to preview tomorrow night's trip to Burton Albion, looking to get a quick response to that loss at the weekend. But now we're going to come on to talk about an emphatic victory for the Pompey women yet again. In the FA Cup second round, they travelled to Ebbsfleet United on Sunday and dispatched them by seven goals to nil. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Here goes Sophie Quirk again for Portsmouth. Driven along the face of goal. Lumsden's there and it's into the roof of the net. Well, we said it hadn't been Quirk's best afternoon thus far and turns the game on its head, driving up the left flank, sprinting into the penalty area, squaring across the six-yard box and the simplest of finishes for Beth Lumsden who slams it into the roof of the net from close range. It's Ebbsfleet United nil, Portsmouth 1. Long diagonal into Sophie Quirk. That's outstanding from Jones. Quirk is in again for Portsmouth. Freeland in the middle. Quirk finds Freeland and Portsmouth find a second. Stunning counter-attack from the Blues. It all started with Emma Jones in the middle who spun on the ball shy of halfway, sprayed a diagonal into Quirk. Quirk raced up the left again and selfishly laid it into the path of Georgie Freeland and just as Beth Lumsden did for the first goal, Freeland taps home the second. It's absolutely United nil, Portsmouth 2 in the FA Cup. 
Lumsden collects the ball over the top of Steph Simmons. Wrong side of the centre-back. Here goes Lumsden. Tapping in is Jones. It's Portsmouth. Three goals to the good in the FA Cup. A fantastic ball from Castley. Floated into the path of Lumsden. Broke the wrong side of Simmons. It's another square ball along the penalty area. And this time, Emma Jones is the beneficiary. Tapping into the empty net. Curled in behind for Quirk. It's another brilliant ball from Jones. Quirk up against Roberts. She's beaten Roberts to it. And the simplest of finishes again for Quirk. She's created two, and now she's on the score sheet herself. It's absolutely United nil, Portsmouth four. Quirk has it left-hand side again. Another chance to run at Ward, who she just breezes past like she's not there. It's Quirk. It's fantastic. Simply stunning from Sophie Quirk. Cutting in from the left flank on her right boot, just as she loves to do. Floating it over the top of Courtney Roberts and into the back of the net. Stephen Daly checks his watch and puts his whistle to his lips, and that will do it for the first 45 at Stonebridge Road. Portsmouth utterly dominant. They lead 5-0 at the half-time whistle. Lumsden to Jones. This would be fantastic if it was to be finished oh, off. And wow. it is by Georgie Freeland. What a fantastic testament to the football. Jay Sadler has this side playing. Almost every blue shirt touched the ball as they swept from right to left up the pitch. And eventually, it was finished off by Freeland inside the six-yard box. It's absolutely United nil, Portsmouth six, and that might just be the pick of the bunch. Just a three-on-two counter-attack for Portsmouth. Jones across the face of goal. It's Lumsden, it's seven. Portsmouth, with a quarter of an hour to go, have put some more gloss on the scoreline, and it's Beth Lumsden who opened the scoring that notches number seven for Portsmouth. Well, that will do it here at Stonebridge Road, an emphatic performance against Ebsfleet for Portsmouth. Two from Lumsden, two from Quirk, Two from Freeland and one from Emma Jones means it finishes. Ebbsfleet United nil, Portsmouth seven. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. On the score sheet in that one, Beth Lumsden with a brace, uh, Georgie Freeland with a brace as well, Sophie Quirk with a brace herself, and Emma Jones also 5 0 at half time. Pompey sealed that one by seven goals to nil to progress to the third round of the Women's FA Cup. And after the game, Henry Deacon caught up with head coach Jay Sadler. They were very adaptable and they changed in that second half and then they put some balls in the box from, from corners. They had a couple of moments. We've given them the ball away and we've defended well. Blocks in the line. Hands made a fantastic save to keep that, that clean sheet and that's what we asked of them. We needed the clean sheet. That breeds confidence. Um, but in terms of our in-possession work, extremely, extremely pleased. First 15 minutes, as it came quite compact, and then once you managed to break them down, it felt in that first half you were scoring at will. Yeah, and that's what we were saying. Like They were a real narrow kind of 4-1-4-1 block. A lot of the spaces they were giving us were in the wide areas. Um, so when we were moving the ball, we, we, we tell them the, more, the ball moves quicker than any player. So move the ball, move the block. And as soon as we started to, to utilise our full-backs to get bounces, the, the challenge was if we can hit the right-back, can we get out on the left side? If we hit the left-back, can we get out on the right side? And then as soon as we were getting in wide areas, their gaps started to open and then we could play vertically into, into them kind of half-space areas. Ali, G, I thought she was superb today, getting on the ball back foot. And then as soon as we got one, um, I think that gave us a, a little bit of composure, a little bit of calmness, and then we were able, as you said, to, to score at will. The sixth goal, that must be a manager's dream, mustn't it, that team strike? Oh, in, unbelievable. There's a couple of goals there you could pick out. That one there in terms of the play, um, the passage from back to front. Um, we had sets, we had underlaps, overlaps, everything we worked on. And, and even the, the goal that, that pleased me as well was one from the corner. We've, we've left three high against there too. It's something our goalie coach Lee had highlighted. And we were able to exploit him on a counter-attack. And with the, the front three we've got in them three, and you look at Emily Pittman coming on, Ella Humphrey, Tini Scott on loan, the abundance of quality. So we know we're always going to score goals 
goals, but it was, it was good that we could get those team goals that we've been working on. If we go back into the game a little bit towards the latter end of that second half, does that make the clean sheet even more pleasing? Because at that point in the Fulham game, that was when the goal was conceded. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's a moment now we need to look at and reflect in terms of that moment between maybe the, the 60th, the 75th minute, about concentration levels, focus levels. Like you said, against Fulham, that's when we've conceded the, the free kick and the goal. And I think, I wouldn't say we necessarily took our foot off the gas, but I felt like Ebb's feet, they, ad they, they adapted their, their system. They put their two strikers on Jazz and Reaver and that prevented us from kind of getting the switches through them. So then it's down to the midfield to identify that and play it. And this group are a kind of a process where they, they need to problem solve um, on the pitch and not just rely on us and we were really happy it probably took a little bit longer than we wanted but when we started to, to find the spaces and double up in the midfield and, and get the spaces through and also as you said keep that clean sheet we were extremely happy. Into the next round now we ask every manager they'd like a home tie considering that you've played pretty much away from home the last few weeks non-stop I suppose you're begging for a home tie aren't you? Well, Pavel comes. He's our he's our bus, he's a coach driver, so we've already booked him. We know we're away from home. Um, Laura probability says we probably get a home draw, um, but um, we'll see tomorrow. So we'd love a home draw. I think this this group of girls. It's testament to the staff and the players. I think in a run of games up to Billericay after Christmas or after the New Year, we nine away games in ten. So we'd love a home draw. Um, however, if we do get drawn away, we've got mentality about us. We don't fear anyone, and we look forward to who we get. Jay Sadler speaking to Henry Deacon after the full-time whistle on Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to seeing who they get in the third round of the Women's FA Cup. Well, the draw has been completed and despite being drawn away from home in nine out of their last 11 cup fixtures, well, I'm pleased to say Jay Sadler has been rewarded with a home tie at, uh, you know, at long last. However, it is against Southampton, so there will be a South Coast derby this season in the FA Cup for the Pompey women. Bring it on. Bring it on indeed. Buzzing. Yeah. That's going to take place on Sunday the 10th of December, so just under a fortnight's time, Pompey will be playing Southampton in the Women's FA Cup, um, so I'm sure Jay's delighted um, about that one. Southampton, of course, in the Championship, so one tier above Pompey, mm -hmm. so work cut out for them in that one, but as you've just heard there from McGaffer, he's up for it. Yeah, Jay he's will confident. get him up for it, won't he? Yeah, he'll get him up for it. He'll get him up for it. So that'll be Sunday the 10th of December. The venue, of course, is still yet to be decided. We anticipate it will be the usual home venue for the Pompey women Wesley Park of course just over 24 hours later Pompey host Bolton Wanderers at Fratton Park in League One so you can't imagine uh, on such short notice that will be allowed to be played at Fratton Park but of course if it does we shall let you know so yeah well done to the Pompey women for progression to the third round can they hold their nerve against those lot down the road right Burton Albion up next for Pompey's men um, Tom Chappell um, <sighs> If any team you wanted to play to get a reaction from Saturday's defeat, maybe a side that haven't won any of their last six is one to one to do it against. Yeah, we were talking about this in the ad break, weren't we? You know, it's no goals in three, no wins in four for Burton. We know it's a never in an easy game at the Prelly, but we went there and had a relatively comfortable evening after that second one went in last season. Uh, Colby Bishop in amongst the goals, I remember. It's always a narrow game, though, Jake. Four of the last five games between the sides have only been separated by a goal, and the only game that wasn't was our 2-0 one that I've just mentioned. So, yes, you're right in saying, and John Messina said in his, his pre-match press conference today that 
you know the the boys and the fans will all be feeling the same way and they want to get back at it as soon as possible get Saturday out of the system I think it presents a lovely opportunity tomorrow night to go to a team that's low on confidence but we give them respect, the respect they deserve because they're a good team and they've recruited well over the summer mm. but I'm expecting us to beat them on tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> it is tomorrow uh, three defeats in the last four league matches for Burton Albion there's you've mentioned uh, one draw within that time frame as now uh, as well a goalless draw at home to Leighton Orient and despite that really weird and, and and bizarre run of form recently they haven't been defeated in any of their last four league games at home mm. granted they haven't had many recently because they've had a lot of trophy and FA Cup games thrown in the mix but they haven't been defeated in, in four at home in the league so um, in, in some respect it will be a difficult game for Pompey to try and get that bounce back from Saturday's defeat to Blackpool and also worth mentioning Burton Albion away and at home this season both on a Tuesday night I can't remember the last time we played Burton on a Saturday the only time we played Burton away that wasn't a Tuesday night, it was Good Friday. It was, and it's the fifth consecutive Tuesday night meeting tomorrow Brilliant. between Burton and Pompey. And someone told me the other day that they have to be on Tuesdays if oh. it's the home and the away. That's how they do it. So, like, Cambridge was away on the Tuesday and Cambridge is at home. Unless, of course, there's a interruption. Yeah, exactly, yes. a So, from the start, game. when they do all the fixtures. Mm. How have I not noticed? Mm, it's good, isn't it? Well, you, you learn something new every day. Yeah, that's my, what I always tell myself. <laughs> my job's under threat, I think. Right, let's hear from uh, Kirsty Roxanne now. She's got a little bit more on the Brewers. After a 4-0 defeat on home soil against Blackpool, the Blues' unbeaten league streak of 27 games comes to an end. With six yellow cards and two given to captain Joe Morrell, leading to a sending off in the 64th minute, Pompey ended up defeated and down to 10 men on Saturday. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Now John Massino needs to pick the team back up as they head on the road this week for two consecutive away matches. Their first stop is the Pirelli Stadium. Now let's take a closer look at the next team Portsmouth face, Burton Albion. Manager. Dino Mamria is at the helm for the Brewers. The former Tunisian striker and manager started his senior playing career with AS Marsa of Tunisia in 1992. Mamria made the move to England to start his English career with Burnley in 1996. However, he failed to make a first-team appearance after suffering a broken leg. Mamria also played for the likes of Glen Torian, Doncaster Rovers, Southport, Rushton and Diamonds and Northwich Victoria. Overall, in his playing career, he made 314 appearances across all competitions and scored 97 goals. His first experience in coaching came at Burnley in the summer of 1997, where he worked as an academy coach. Towards the end of his playing career for Northwich Victoria, he was made caretaker manager in October 2007. Later that year, he was confirmed as the club's permanent manager. In his time at the club, Mamria had secured the administration-stricken side another year in the conference premier. After being sacked in 2008, he went on to manage Southport, where he secured eight wins out of their next ten matches leaving the club 17th in the National League after just five months in charge. In January 2021, following spells to forget in the dugout at Nuneaton, Stevenage and Oldham, the now 49-year-old was appointed as assistant manager to Jimmy Hasselbank here at Burton. The pair oversaw a positive start, earning nine league victories in their first 12 matches, including a six-game winning streak. Following Hasselbank's resignation in September 2022, Mamaria was placed in temporary charge of first-team matches. Later, keeping the role on a permanent basis. One to watch. Our one to watch this time around is forward Josh Walker, who wears a number 14 shirt for the Brewers. Walker started his youth career at Tottenham Hotspur before making the move to Fulham. He then spent time in non-league with Willstone, Hendon and Barnett. 
He then moved to Dagenham and Redbridge for the 2021-22 campaign, where across two seasons at the club, he made 60 appearances, scoring 23 goals. Walker was Burton's final signing of the January transfer window earlier this year. The pacey frontman has contributed to one goal so far this season. Top scorer. Joe Powell is the Brewers' current top goal scorer. Powell started his youth career at West Ham United at the age of eight and signed his first professional contract with the club in 2015. He made his first team debut in an 8-0 victory in the Carabao Cup against Macclesfield Town and went on to join Northampton Town on loan until the end of the 2018-19 season. The midfielder has scored four goals this season and wears the number seven shirt for Burton Albion, who initially secured his services on a two and a half year deal in January 2020. A new two year contract extension was agreed last July. Current form. Burton currently sit in 17th place on 20 points, 15 places and 16 points behind the Blues in second. A 7-0 victory over Exeter saw Bolton Wanderers go to top of the league and Pompey dropped down to second position on Saturday after suffering a first league defeat since March the 11th. The Brewers' last game had seen an accumulation of one win, three defeats and one draw. Their most recent victory was back in October against Carlisle United. That one ended 2-1. The Brewers' most recent defeat ended 4-0 away at Peterborough on Saturday. Burton finished last season in 15th position and have now entered their sixth consecutive season in League One. Can the Blues get back to winning ways and pick up three points under the lights of the Pirelli Stadium? All of the immiscible action on Pompey Live. Yeah, thank you, Kirsty. Linda on the email says, well, all good things come to an end on Saturday. I think we got on top after we scored the first goal, but if you don't take your chances when on top, you're going to struggle to win games. Hopefully we can bounce back mentally and take any chances and beat Burton tomorrow. Fingers crossed our Christmas run hasn't <laughs> come early this season yet. Thank you, Linda, for getting in touch there. Dave Byrne on the emails says he had a, fa- a bad feeling pre-match on Saturday. Um, I know about this one, and I wrote in your Friday evening show suggesting that there would be no better time to play Pompey, and so it proved. Joe Morrell now missing for two games is another big blow, as is Zach Swanson's injury. Yes, as reported by the Portsmouth News earlier today, Zach Swanson has a mysterious injury. Mm. So just to add to, add, add to it all. Um, yeah. Very quickly, Reese. tomorrow, um, Joe Burrell, of course, suspended for two matches, Burton mm. tomorrow and Northampton on Saturday. Marlon Pack, you expect to come in. Yeah. What do you do with Alex Robertson? Does he go further forward? Yeah, I play him at Cam, play him as uh, maybe a number 10 just behind uh, Colby. Um, he, he, you know, he, he's due a a goal anyway soon, isn't he? Um, but yeah, I don't think um, it, it's as bad as we had, we had hoped mm. with the return of Pack already now. Who goes alongside Marlon Pack, if that is the case, Tom? I feel I feel like you've got options. You, you, I'd like to see Devlin. I'd like to see Sadie. I'd like to see... A, a, I feel like it's also a game for Yengi. I don't know what's telling me that... They can't all play, mate. No, I know they can't all play. But Only eleven at once on the team, mate. Of course. No, I feel, I feel like Yeng, I want Yengi involved, but I think maybe it's a, a, a Devlin-Pack combo. Lovely stuff. Score prediction, please. Um, Alan on the email's going for 4-0, written all over it. Reece. Nice. <laughs> I'm going for a 2-0. Bishop and Robertson to get his first. Thank you, Reese. Tom? We've got to do it, haven't we? Got to turn them over. I'm desperate for us two, and I'm going to say 3-0, written all over it. 3-0, written all over it. Tom, Reese, thank you both very much for your contributions tonight. Pompey Live returns tomorrow evening at the Pirelli Stadium from 7 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. Pompey's unbeaten run in the league came to an end after 27 games. This is it. It's a fantastic strike. It's Morgan on his left foot. Just fizzed it into the corner. And Blackpool are in dreamland. Pompey nil, Blackpool four. The games come thick and fast now for the Blues as they travel to Burton Albion next. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars.
Yep, that's right. Pomp and I have returned tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock looking to have the Blues put Saturday's heavy defeat behind them. Can they park it and provide a response to that and get back to winning ways? I'll be heading up to the Pirelli Stadium for that one. Robbie James will be here too. Pompey Live returns from 7 o'clock. 7.45 kickoff for the Blues this midweek. Some other interesting games also happening tomorrow evening as well. Oxford United at home to Bolton Wanderers. Barnsley at home to Wickham and Stevenage versus Peterborough United as well. A few notable uh, fixtures there from a full list. All 24 teams in action tomorrow evening and of course Champions League as well. So plenty to look forward to this midweek. Right, big thank you very much to everyone who tuned into this evening's show. Big thank you to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting this season's running of the footballer. And a big thank you to my two studio guests as well. Reese Hawkins, thank you very much for coming in tonight, my friends. Thank you very much for having me in Up the Blues. Up the Blues indeed. Tom Chappell, shame you didn't go for a 4 0 run all over at prediction, but thank you nonetheless. Thank you for having me. It's always an absolute pleasure, and uh, we always love coming on, don't we? We always do. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much to both Tom and Reese. Well, one defeat doesn't define a season, but there must be an immediate response at Burton tomorrow night. Pompey Live back from 7 o'clock for that one. After the news at 7 tonight, Jeff Dorset with the Soft Rock Show. Take care, Pompey fans, and good night.